So the Barnes and Noble sale starts next Tuesday. It's always funny how like there are so many 50% off sales throughout the year that uh, people can take advantage of and do. Um, it's funny how the Barnes and Noble sale has some special place in everyone's heart or just has some extra little bit of mass mark, like mass appeal to a wider audience where like, for some reason it just makes people go nuts where they spend way more than they usually would. Maybe it's the, the added discount if you're a member, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess people go kind of nuts when Criterion has their own flash sales, but it's like a whole other level when Barnes and Noble does it. Yeah, they've. I don't know something about the the fact that it's only twice a year, and that everybody. I I feel like people have been saying for years now, it's going to end any time, kind of. So I think there's those two elements, and that also that people now just only buy their Criterions during these sales, so they're you know, saving up and trying to remember everything that they wanted to get, you know, if they're not keeping a handy list like you and me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what I'm going to end up buying this time around. I know I have several more, uh, eclipse box sets that I need to buy that I have on my criterion wish list, but, and then I probably will pick up some of the, july titles that i'm sending out to other people um or june titles for that matter as well but i think i'm trying to think of like what what's high on my eclipse series wish list because like at this point i have almost all of the ones that i really want and now it's just a matter of taking off the ones that i need but don't necessarily want as much as um the ones that I already have. So let's see. I think I will probably buy um, The Warped World of Koryoshi Korahara, uh, number 28. I don't have. And then I still need the uh, Rafaela Marazzo's Runaway Melodramas. Those ones I probably will buy. Oh, you know what? I still need the first films of Kurosawa. And there's a few other ones that I might buy. You know, it, I guess it will depend on whether Barnes & Noble does any kind of um, added discount that is applicable online where I can, yeah. you know, add an extra coupon code and get some, you know, get it a little bit cheaper. I don't know. Have you been paying attention to um, Cardpool to buy discounted uh, gift cards? No, not since the last, I want to say when we checked online at one point, uh, maybe on the show even, and it was like some very small percentage. I haven't looked back again, really. Well, recently, I've been keeping track. I I signed up to get notifications whenever they get more gift cards in because they have been sold out um, almost any time I go look, except for when I go check. If I get an email notification, I, I'd imagine that there's probably a lot of people that have these notifications set up. So like everyone is going to try to buy one. Any time, you know, Cardpool sends an email saying like, oh, we got another one in because they are always sold out. And I will go look and some, and it's a 10% discount right now to get uh, gift cards through them. Um, but, That's you know, good. if you can get one. Well, now, now there's no chance because they're going to be totally sold out for the next month. Well, I mean, they seem to be getting more in every day. And so yeah. if you get that notification and you you're paying attention to your email right then and you click through to buy one you might be able to get one hmm. there was a deal that i posted the other day where someone was selling discounted gift cards on ebay and a lot of people took advantage of that but yeah the sale uh i don't know i mean it, it, comic-con is in a few weeks i'll be traveling down to san diego for a whole week during that and there's also this Arrow video sale that just started today, which goes until, when does that one end? Like the, I think the 11th. The 11th, that sounds about right. And then there's also the that. Twilight Time sale that's going on right now, which I think ends in a couple days. Yeah, I think that ends on the 1st. That sounds right. So um, for anyone who's downloading the show on a Wednesday, you probably have a couple of days left 
to pick up anything during the, and that's over at Screen Archives, not the Twilight Time official website. But there are a number of, they just did a low quantity update, I want to say like a week ago. Didn't they sell out of something? Um, that could be. Um, I think they sold out of Mysterious Island was one that they, if, if they haven't sold out, it was getting pretty close. So the, I found a low quantity update on the 20th, um, which was about a week ago. And here they're saying Mysterious Island had less than 150 copies that might have already sold out since then. Um, but First Men in the Moon was also getting pretty low. Sleepless in Seattle was pretty low. And Experiment in Terror was also pretty low. Um, everything else is like under 300, 400, 500 copies left. So those ones might make it through the end of the sale. Have you picked up anything during the sale? No, not yet. Um, I think I'm good with yeah. with stuff from them. I, I may have to go back and look. Maybe some older. Last sale, I picked up like Bell Book and Candle, and I want to say a couple of the really earlier mm-hmm. Blu-rays. But I think I'm I'm good for the moment. Yeah, this Arrow video sale. I am seriously considering picking up several things that I, you know, I keep putting in my wish list or things that I keep saying that I'm going to buy. Um, mostly because of the weak uh, pound right now and how yeah. it, it's it's like a good time to buy things in Britain because of all the financial problems that are happening as a result of the uh, vote to leave the European Union. Yeah. So, you know, we're taking advantage of their uh, misfortune, but, you know, this is what happens. <laughs> What's a collector to, to do, really? Yeah, I mean, do we do we not buy anything? Do we not support their economy and uh, let them, you know, let these discs just sit there in a warehouse somewhere? Or do we give our money to uh, these, you know, fine, upstanding companies? Uh, you know, they're not losing any money. It's just the, you know, the overall economy. They just have a weaker, you know, rate right now. But, you know, the folks at Arrow are still going to be making the same amount of money. I, I imagine maybe I'm, maybe I'm not understanding uh, economics very well. Do you have any Arrow videos that you're, that you're looking to pick up maybe? Uh, maybe. Um, I got to go through their list again. I do this every time I forget the, the ones that I keep wanting and then I look again. And so I got to do that. Refresh my memory. Do I have in my but, my wish list here? So I'm I really saving saving up for the Criterion. So I don't know if I'm gonna. What do yeah. You have? Well, I've been wanting to pick up the Burbs for a long time. That one's still on oh. my list. So yeah. that one is down to seven ninety nine right now. Let's see. What do they translate the pound to the dollar on here? Let's change this to dollars. I love that they have. You can quickly change between dollars and. So these are all like ten dollars right now. Wow. Um. And as we both have talked about many times, if you get up to, what is it, like 75 pounds or 50 pounds? Oh, it's 50 pounds, you get free shipping. So that I think it ends up being like around $75 uh, is free shipping. So, you know, if you buy like seven or eight discs, you can get free shipping and they're all, you know, like $10 a piece. So I think, I think I'm going to bite the bullet this time and not give in to our uh, fears of the 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 conversion (laughs) which is always what gets us when we you know pack up our our uh, shopping carts and then you see that high amount and you're like yeah maybe i won't do it this time (laughs) (laughs) i actually just bought um when the when the vote went in and everyone was scrambling online like oh the, the pound is dropping and uh, I ended up ordering a few things that night um, from Zavi just because I had found they had they were having a pr- some pretty good deals on BFI Blu-rays and there were several that I wanted to pick up and I also picked up one of the an Arrow disc from Zavi as well so I was pretty happy with how much I ended up paying for like four or five Blu-rays it was like you know maybe like fifty five or sixty dollars um, but it was a it was definitely worth it for me. And I felt like I had been watching a number of these discs on Amazon UK, like kind of waiting for the prices to drop. And uh, it was it was nice to see, you know, feel much better about like spending that much on some discs that I had been really wanting. Yeah, I got to go to Zavi more often. I don't go there very much. 
You know, the, the guy from Foreign Exchange Blu-ray, uh, he was like scolding me on Twitter saying that I shouldn't be shopping there and that I should be shopping over at, I think, Base.com was another UK website that he suggested I look at. And I was checking out the prices there and they seem comparable to what Zavi was offering. Um, but maybe they have better deals or, I mean, it's it's hard to beat the shipping price that Zavi offers for UK stuff because it's like, you know, a pound for shipping, essentially, uh, even, you know, even international shipping charges. So I, I don't know, like, I don't know what he knows about, I didn't dig too much deeper into asking him why I shouldn't shop at Zavi. I don't know if he's like been burned there. I know Scott had mentioned that he had ordered something from Zavi and that it was, that it ended up coming in kind of dinged up. So that, you know, that could be a problem. Yeah. I think I've had that once or twice when I've ordered from them. So speaking of Criterion, um, kind of big news going around the internet today. Well, actually over the past couple of days, well, actually over the past couple of weeks, because this has been teased at now for a couple of weeks where the uh, news that Pan's Labyrinth is coming to the Criterion Collection. Years and years ago, I got the chance to interview him uh, when he came to Portland. And we talked a little bit about, you know, at that point, Kronos was just announced and you know, the devil's backbone wasn't even kind of hinted at at that point. And he, you know, he seemed very enthusiastic about getting all, you know, getting those three films into the Criterion Collection. And he, over the years, he's kind of teased at wanting, like working with them. And, um, and just a couple of weeks ago, he said that there was going to be an announcement for the 10th anniversary of Pan's Labyrinth. And then I think Doug Jones confirmed later that he had been interviewed uh, by Criterion to get, uh, you know, for this upcoming release. And then just yesterday, he, Guillermo tweeted out a picture of the new cover that's coming. So very exciting when he does this, when he, he is, man, he is the master Twitterer these days. Yeah. He's pretty amazing on Twitter. I kind of love it. I mean, he's just awesome anyway, but that he's good at Twitter too is pretty neat. Yeah. He is one of the few people that I turn on, uh, instant notifications whenever they tweet. There's like, you know, 10 people that I, uh, turn on the the notifications for on my on my iPhone so that I see when whenever they tweet anything um just and he's one of them where I'm like okay I want to see all of these uh come through on my phone you know f- almost everything else I have in, like notifications turned off for just cuz I you know it gets kind of stuff gets buried very easily and so I have just like a list of some people I mean I follow way too many people on Twitter and so my notifications that I have turned on are kind of like my real Twitter people that I follow and everyone else kind of just gets lost in the, in the, you know, river of, of tweets. And every once in a while I'll dip in and kind of see what people are talking about. But really the only people that I follow are the ones that I have the the notifications turned on for. So I have like, you know, Criterion, Guillermo del Toro, a few tech writers that I like, and uh, that's about it. (laughs) Nice. Now I got to do that. I got to set up my Twitter notifications. So we didn't record last week. I uh, unfortunately had the opportunity to go see a movie uh, on the big screen that I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to go see. There's no unfortunately. That's awesome. I know. It was totally fortunately. I was totally joking. (laughs) It was, uh, I got a chance to go see The Devils on the big screen. Amazing. Yeah, man. That, it was a 35 millimeter print. So uh, it looked beautiful it wasn't pristine or anything there were lots of scratches that like the, lots of faded colors um but even still you know 35 millimeter when it's projected on a big screen it just looks amazing i mean you know it's crisp and clear and you know imperfections aside like nothing beats that man i know like we're big fans of like you know staying home watching movies on blu-ray on big screen at home but you know there's there is that's a whole different experience like going you know and and here in portland that screening was sold out and so it was like a packed house of film geeks who were going to see the devils on the big screen the x-rated cut and it just looked amazing everyone was laughing at the right jokes you know like you could just tell that people were like you know laughing at some of the smarter lines that had that were in that movie and um or just some of the more ridiculous moments uh <laughs> in that movie as well it has its share of ridiculous moments it does um but i love it don't get me wrong yeah me too man it was so much fun to see this it was um it wasn't it didn't have 
you know, there were some people wondering whether or not it had the, um, you know, more notorious sequences added back in, like the Rape of the Christ scene. Um, it did not. And it was just, I think it was the same version that if you buy that UK, the BFI X-rated version, I think it's the same one as that. Um, I ha- didn't go back to rewatch the DVD to see if, if that was what was on the screen, but um, it felt like I had seen everything in it before. And, um, you know, a few years ago, there I think you've tweeted about this, but there was that version that went up on iTunes here in the States. Yeah, yeah I got that when it came out. Do you know, is that the X-rated version also? I believe it was. I got to go find my file of it. I don't have it on this computer. I think it was. That was like a big thing, right? When that went up on iTunes and everyone was like, oh my God, why did Warner Brothers do this? And then it was promptly taken down. Yeah, it was, it was one of those where there was a lot of people that were just in shock and surprise that it could even show up, you know? Yeah. Well, hopefully Warner Brothers one day will, uh, you know, relax a little bit about it, and or at least Warner Brothers Legal will relax a little bit about it and let someone like Criterion, you know, release a proper uh, exhaustive <laughs> disc on The Devils. Yeah, it's such a proto-Criterion title. I, I really hope they get it. So a couple of weeks ago, when we last recorded, we had talked a little bit about the Wrath of Khan Blu-ray, the new director's cut, which was uh, just released. Uh, it had a little bit of, uh, it had a couple of defects, I think, in it where they had like duplicated shots um, and re or like reused a shot in it, and there might have been another del- uh, problem with it. There is now a uh, replacement program, or at least it's kind of in the works, and so. Um, you have to call an 800 number or email um, this studio. I'll put a link in the show notes for the Digital Bits article where they include um, who you need to get in touch with if you've already bought the Blu-ray. But it looks like it's already happening. So um, I haven't seen very many sites talking about this. I've only seen this mentioned on the Digital Bits. And so uh, I'll send, I'll put a link in it for that. Um. Speaking of Criterion, uh, the September titles were announced last week, and I did an episode of The Newsstand with David and Keith, uh, but I wanted to talk with you a little bit about it, just because there is now um, the Zadoichi Blu-ray box set. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about it since you ended up buying it during one of the, I think maybe like the last Barnes & Noble sale. Yeah, I want to say, yeah. So now that there's a slightly slimmer... um, blu-ray only version do you regret buying the one that has the dvds or are you happy that you got in on the last copy that had both dvds and blu-rays yeah no i'm glad i got in on it you know i mean the packaging is it going to be the same or how are they gonna i wonder what that'll be like with this new reissue so it's supposed it's supposedly i asked criterion about this and they said that it's going to be an inch um shorter in in width and how much space it takes up on the shelf and so it'll be the same dimensions like height and length as far as like how how deep it goes um how far back it goes so like the book will be the same that they made for it um it'll just be a little bit slimmer fitting on the shelf i think is is how i understand the dimensions that they sent me so if anyone out there is uh obsessed with saving space on their shelves uh, their criterion shelves which some people are and i'm you know i'm feeling that pressure as i run out of space uh if you, I guess if you wanted to like sell off your dual format copy and then rebuy the Blu-ray only one, you'll save yourself an inch. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's somebody out there that would do that. Yeah, there are definitely people out there that do that kind of thing. Interesting. But then you'd be um, giving up like 15 discs uh, in the process and, <laughs> and not saving a whole that much more money. Yeah. But you know, if you're not going to use those DVDs, they're just sitting there taking up space, then uh, that space is valuable. This is true. Yeah, I was I was really digging on these releases, by the way. The so Twilight's, yeah, uh, the, the you know uh, Valley uh, Valley of the Dolls, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Um, the Decalogue. Yeah, the Decalogue. Cat People, Blood Simple. I mean, it was like a month of like almost all hits for me, yeah. which I haven't had in a long time. 
I forget now. Did we talk about what was kind of hinted at uh, on the last recording? I think we might have. I know we've talked about cat people before. Yeah. But, and then the Valley of Dolls we'd seen sort of in the in the uh, wacky drawing and somebody had speculated about maybe both, which I thought really wouldn't happen. I was really excited it did. Yeah, what do you think about them not releasing them as a set and having them released individually? Do you, would you have rather them do a set or do, are you like... You know, when we talked about it on the newsstand, Keith had mentioned that at least we're like kind of two different audiences almost for these movies and that, you know, completionists will want to buy both of them, but there probably are people out there that will want one or the other, but maybe not both. Yeah, I think that's a perfectly valid point that he makes there. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't mind that there's no that there's no box or, you know, set. Um, I'll buy them both individually, but um, yeah, I don't need them together. So the folks at Olive Films announced their September titles today. Uh, what do you think of these of these titles? They did a um, thing. Did they do a thing where they were like they put up like a crossword puzzle, uh, teasing this before they actually made the announcement? I saw this going around somewhere. Yeah, they, that's one thing that they do every month. Um, but I, I think we usually get the press release before oh. <laughs> they do it. So. <laughs> So I just, I feel bad because I don't know if I'm spoiling it, but whenever I get that press release, I'm like, you know, here's their new titles um, because I can't help but I don't know. Um, there's a couple good genre titles in here. Um, the Monster of Piedras Blancas is like a really famous sort of occult monster movie that I don't think has been really widely available. So that's kind of a cool announcement from them. And then... uh what is it? The horrible Doctor Hitchcock with Barbara Steele. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. And then um, Man Killers from the guy that did uh, Killer Workout and Deadly Prey. Um, David A. Pryor. That's coming from Slasher Video and Olive. So those three alone are exciting. Um, but then there's like some serial and a. Uh, is that the Commander Commando Cody? Yes. Sky Marshal of the Universe. <laughs> he is a high-ranking dude. Um, yeah, that's so. That one's exciting. And then there's a, a Cecil B. DeMille. Yeah, the and ca- the captive. Never heard of that one personally. Well, it's a 1915 film, a silent film that was thought to be lost. So now they uh, they're going to be releasing this on Blu-ray. It's cool that they got you know. I mean, it seems like there's probably you know some demand for things like that that other studios would probably jump on the chance to release. But uh, it's cool. Yeah, that they got. great. Criterion for sure. Yeah, so it's an interesting group of titles. I thought they were sort of running out of steam, but um there's some interesting stuff here. So I'm excited. The folks at let's see, what do we have here? Warner Archive is gonna be releasing Silk Stockings, the nineteen fifty seven um uh Ruben Mamolian film uh is coming out on July twelfth. Can't get enough Fred Astaire in Blu ray. Have they announced any other Blu-rays coming out soon? Uh, Warner Archive? Yeah, Warner Archive. Anything that we haven't talked about over the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, To Have and Have Not um, just got announced two days ago. So that would be the last, I believe, of the Bogey and Bacall movies. Um, and arguably one of the best, certainly top two. Nice. So that's exciting. Howard Hawks. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? The Arrow uh, box set of the Woody Allen of Woody Allen six films from 1971, 1978. Pretty exciting. This has bananas, everything you always want to know about sex, sleeper, love and death, Annie Hall and interiors. Nice. This is a, I think it's limited edition. It's a UK only disc uh, or discs. And it's going to have a a hundred page hardback book um, included in it. Um, this is one where I think they've, there's been a lot of discussion about this over on the Criterion Forum, um, just because Michael Brook is involved and he's very active on the Criterion Forum. And, uh, I think he was saying that these discs, uh, transfer wise will be the same as the Twilight Time discs as well. Although Twilight Time hasn't put out a couple of these movies. Which are the, which, do you know which ones off the top of your head they have? Uh, okay. Well, definitely not interiors because that's a favorite of mine i know that's not out uh love and death they did um but i don't think sleeper is out but not through them 
and then bananas and everything you always want to know about sex. I don't think either of those are on Blu-ray yet at all. So I'm assuming maybe they're spilling the beans and saying that Twilight Time's going to be putting out some Woody Allen soon, or maybe they're just referring to the ones that have already been put out. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the case. Um, that they, you know, might, but it's hard to say whether or not they ha- they will definitely. Um, would you? go and buy this set just for those ones that you need on the fence. I'm, I think I'm going to wait it out because they're all MGM and somebody's going to put them out. Maybe it's criterion. Maybe it's twilight time. Um, but I can wait. I think, although the set is really nice. And until I scrolled all the way down and saw the giant 18 certificate, of course, um, I was like, this is really nice packaging. Yeah, you can't get around that uh, rating stamp. Giant and red. So what you can do, though, I mean, for anyone out there who's interested in picking this up, you can order it right now through um, Arrow. Uh, it's $80 if you wanted to, $80 US dollars, you know, with the conversion um, during their sale right now. And when you buy stuff during the sale, you get more points than you normally would. So it's usually a good idea if you um, shop through Arrow's website to pre-order the big stuff during a sale because you'll get more points and then not use your points during the sale but use them when it's not a sale and you want to pre-order something else you can like um you know help knock down the price of something big so um if you're going to buy it you know order it now during the sale and get a lot of points uh for it all right what else do we have here to talk about um what news did you put in? Uh, okay, so let's talk about... So um, several months ago, there was the new Blu-ray release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which was a re-release that Disney had started doing this signature edition line. And uh, now they're going to be doing Beauty and the Beast, which is coming out in September. Um, is that when the last one came out? Was it September of last year? Um Hopefully they're not just doing like one of these a year. Maybe it was just a couple months ago. Yeah, but, no, I think Snow White's been this year for sure. I feel like we might have had two this year, but I could be wrong about that. This is the second, I think, of the Signature collection. Oh, Signature, you're right. My bad. So this that's what's special about this one. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's going to include most of the same supplements that are on the original Blu-ray, except for the fact that I think this comes with a sing-along edition. Although I, th- I could have sworn that was on the other Blu-ray. Um, you know, maybe there are, I'll have to double check what, what, uh, supplements are exclusive to this release. Um, I know that I was reading the, the work in progress version, which has been available. You know, I think I have like a VHS tape of it. It's been available on other DVD and Blu-ray releases. Um, that one is going to be available as a supplement for this signature edition, but it's going to be a digital only one. So similar to what happened with um, I think one of the shorts that was available last time around where it wasn't on the disc, but it was, um, you had to, you know, download it digitally from Disney movies anywhere. Um, you know, it does say that there's a whole host of new exclusive bonus extras. Um, this movie is so fantastic. This was, I remember when I got this Blu-ray, uh, when it was released and man, it is so much fun to watch this movie. I can't, I know I've, we've shown this to Miranda at this point, but I will happily go back and rewatch this again when it comes out. Uh, the songs in this movie are just amazing. And I, I think this is probably one of my all time favorite Disney animated films. Yeah, it's, it's solid. Um, that's one I've been showing to Raven via the DVD forever. I didn't get a chance to pick up the Blu-ray last time it was out. So, um, and now it's been obviously really expensive since then. Even getting an HD code for it is really expensive. So this is exciting because obviously it's a Disney Movie Anywhere title and goes right into the voodoo if I want. And anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't that crazy about the Snow White Blu-ray just because of some of the supplements I felt like were kind of kind of weak, uh, the new ones that they were adding to it. But um so I will, I will definitely be interested in checking this one out to, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for, you know, anytime they add new supplements for Disney releases, 
I wish that they had gone with Pinocchio instead of Beauty and the Beast, just because the Pinocchio Blu-ray has been out of print for so long, and um, I just have a Region B Blu-ray of it that I have to watch on, you know, the separate player, and I really just want to have like the re- the Region A uh, Pinocchio just to make things easier on Miranda. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this is including four versions of the film. Um, it's going to include the original theatrical cut, an extended version with this uh, with this other song sequence added back in, and then. Um, a never before released on home video sing along version. I could have sworn that was on the other one, but I guess not. Uh, and then the the work in progress version will be on, uh, will be available digitally, which is always fun. It's always fun to watch like those, like you know, it's basically like animatics in some way. I think they screened that maybe at a, a film festival, maybe the New York Film Festival back when. Um, this was about to come out or, you know, like when it was obviously still a work in progress. So anyway, it's pretty fun that they're, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to go back and revisit this movie, even though it's only been a few years since I watched it last. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, news wise, the folks at studio canal in the UK are going to be releasing leaving Las Vegas on Blu-ray. Um, although I think this has been, um, I don't know if this has been available before, but there's no new supplements coming to this release. And this is one where I think Mike Figgis has, you know, kind of talked online about wanting Criterion to release this. I don't know if that's like him wishful, like w- wishing uh, that Criterion would do it or if there's actual talks going on between them. So what, uh, so Kino has announced a few things. Yeah, they... just briefly, uh, the '80s Jean Claude Van Damme classic "No Retreat, No Surrender," which people seem excited about, understandably. And then on the far other end of the spectrum, uh, the 1944 version of "The Lodger," directed by John Brom, which is um, a pretty cool, creepy movie that I saw as a double feature with, I think, Hangover Square at the uh, Cinematheque in L.A. years ago, and uh, I, I dug it a lot, so that's a pretty exciting announcement. All right, so let's talk a little bit about... So we have a couple of weeks' worth of new releases to uh, look over, and uh, let's talk a little bit about what came out last week, uh, the week that we didn't record. So uh, last week, Criterion released Fantastic Planet. The uh, So this is now their... Uh, their third animated release on Blu-ray. Uh, I love that they are doing this. That they, especially this film, it's you know fun to go back and rewatch it. I have the um, Masters of Cinema DVD and their Blu-ray, and now I have the Criterion Blu-ray. And this one um, has a great little documentary uh, with interviews with um, with Rene Lalou and as well as you know features on um, the art behind it. Uh, there are a couple of the sh- of his earlier short films included on here, and um, there's a little bit of controversy uh, initially when I think DVD Beaver had reviewed the film. You know, some of the screenshots made it look like it was more blue, I think, than past releases. But I found these transferred to look, you know, totally gorgeous, and I was very happy with this release. Um, I think the Masters of Cinema disc had a few more shorts than this one does. But even still, I think, you know, it's nice having both, but this Criterion one is certainly uh, nothing to sneeze at. And is if you're a fan of, you know, uh, European animation or um, if you're a fan of like, you know, kind of artwork, um, I guess like, you know, the the other films of René Alou that have been released, uh, like Time Masters and Gandahar are a little bit more like, you know, down the road of like, heavy metal like the heavy metal movie or like you know mobius uh this film fantastic planet is a little bit more um you know like definitely stylized differently so i i love this movie and uh we'll be talking about it in a couple weeks on the next episode of criterion cast chronicles and uh this is gonna be my film to talk about then nice yeah, it's great. Obviously, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it very soon. But it's a nice release. Um, that really neat uh, cutout animation style looks great. Um, 
you know, in the, in this transfer and the color looks great. It's it's just a beautiful movie. Last week, the folks at the Warner Archive released The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Uh, did you get a chance to watch that one yet? Not yet, no. This is um, the, let's see, what year did this come out? Um, 1964 film from uh, Charles Walters uh, starring Debbie Reynolds and, a- and Ed Begley. Not Junior. Um, Arrow released the Nakatsu Diamond Guys Volume 2. Uh, I just sent this off to Scott, who will be reviewing it. And um, let's see, Scream Factory, or not Scream Factory, was it Scream Factory that released The Crush, or was that just regular Shout Factory? Scream Factory, yes. Scream Factory released The Crush, uh, starring Alicia Silverstone. Um, was last week the week of the of Olive's uh, July titles? Is that what all these are on the list? Mm, no, there's a bunch from um, Kino Lorber oh, okay. last week. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. My bad. I just saw him now. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of olive. My bad. Cornbread, Earl and Me. Uh, appointment with see. Crime. Is that Appointment with Crime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, that Cornbread, Earl and Me is the one with. Uh, is that Lawrence Fishburne's like a, a pretty early Lawrence Fishburne release? Yeah, it's pre um, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. It's a it's a really neat uh, inner city drama. Um, what are the other ones? Uh, Home of Our Own. And I feel like there was a couple more, but um, yeah, Cornbread Earl and Me is my pick of the week from them. That's a, it's a good little movie. Did you see but, that movie Midnight Special? Uh, I did. What did you think of it? So this is the uh, one, this is by Jeff Nichols. Um, Michael Shannon is in it. Joel Edgerton is in it. Um, a lot of people were like, you know, bringing up like Spielberg and, um, you know, what I guess like, how did it uh, did it trigger any like nostalgia for you for kind of you know like seventies eighties Spielberg? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, yeah, I I heard an interview with Jeff Nichols where he I can't remember what if it was I think it was the Q and A with Jeff Goldsmith and he was asking him about Close Encounters specifically, and he seemed to be getting. I love Jeff Nichols a lot, but he definitely seems like a guy that takes himself pretty seriously. Yeah. Um, he's still got a sense of humor, but um, at some point Jeff had mentioned Close Encounters like one too many times, and <laughs> he said something like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't trying to make Close Encounters or yeah. something that was a little bit more aggressively like, all right, let's drop this kind of. But anyway, um, I love Jeff Nichols. I think Mud was my favorite movie of that year, and um, and what's the one with um, Michael Shannon losing his mind? Why can't I think of it right now? Oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Anyway, that's great too. So he's a great filmmaker. I, I feel like this is a little bit... Um, take Shelter is the one that you're thinking. Take Shelter, thank you. Oh God. That was good. Anyway, um, Midnight Special's good. There's a lot of good things about it. Um, I feel like it sort of falls apart in the third act, but um, you know, there's he's he's a great filmmaker so he really makes interesting movies and though this one does seem reminiscent of a couple 80s classics um it's still distinctively jeff nichols i think mm-hmm. um so i don't know it's it's a neat movie I, I felt like it was really highly praised when it was just before it came out and then i feel felt like the praise started to flag a little bit right when it hit theaters um and later but people should totally check it out i think um the uh, folks at Oscilloscope released the film um, Embrace of the Serpent. This is one that I still haven't seen yet, but I definitely want to. It's by um, Ciro Guerra and uh, takes place down in the Amazon uh, with this uh, shaman. And it takes place in 1909 and 1940. And they're kind of like uh, these two German scientists are... Um, trap like working in the amazon and then kind of dealing with this amazonian shaman who's the last of his tribe um but just some of the imagery that i've seen from it look amazing and i uh i really want to pick up this blu-ray is it like terrence malicky or something that's uh yeah i mean it kind of feels like that it kind of feels like uh, also like Werner herzog in a way oh nice um but yeah i uh 
I've seen, I've heard lots of good, you know, it's got a great Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, I know Josh really loved it. And so I'm, I really want to pick up this one. Um, there was that other movie, The Wave came out last week. Um, this Norwegian film that I had seen a lot of people, it's like, you know, like kind of like a disaster movie, um, where there's just like this, this giant waves that, that takes out a little town, but you know, it's, um, it was getting a lot of good reviews and I saw a lot of like critics talking about this movie in a way that they don't usually talk about, you know, big disaster movies like this. Maybe it's just that it was a foreign film that it's, you know, f- shot in Norway. I'm uh, sure that's part of it. Yeah. It suckered me. I, I, I blind bought it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I love disaster movies and the the praise was enough to, and it was like 15 bucks last week. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, I want to check that one out too. I mean, like it definitely just seeing people writing about it online and saying like, you know, this is something that you should have on your radar. It was enough for me to want to watch it. All Speaking right. of disaster yeah. movies, sorry. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, Roller Coaster, uh, Shout Factory put that out last week. That's one of my favorite 70s disaster movies um, with George Siegel and Timothy Bottoms. Um, it's, I don't know, that one's got a lot of nostalgia for me, even though I didn't totally grow up you know, I was pretty young when it came out, but just the idea of going to, like, we still go to amusement parks, but there's something different about it now than, than, and I can't exactly explain it, but, um, there was just more of them. It felt like it was more popular. It was more fun, but anyway, it's a good movie. Good thriller. I like that one a lot. Last week, uh, the, the Masters of Cinema released that cold day in the park. Um, what is it? The Robert Altman film? Um, yep. Did you get a chance to watch that one yet? I just sent that one off to Scott to review, so it, um, we'll have a review up eventually, but um, I didn't get a chance no. to watch it before I sent it to him. No, I, I didn't yet. I, I didn't uh, get that Masters of Cinema version. I've been meaning to pick up the Olive version just so I can have it, but um, it's been years since I've seen it on VHS. I can't really remember it. And then they also released, uh, or at least Eureka released uh, Enemy Mine. The ah. sci-fi film starring Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr., uh, one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid that I definitely picked up the Twilight Time disc of uh, as soon as it was available. But uh, I don't know if this if this one has anything on here that wasn't included on the uh, Masters of Cinema disc. I don't think so. I think that one, I mean the um, the Twilight Time disc. So, um, and I'm pretty sure it's the same transfer that was included on that other one. The new, um, oh, last week was also Here Comes Mr. Jordan uh, from Criterion. I was just watching this last night. Uh, this is about this uh, boxer who 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 dies and comes back in a, a different body uh, to kind of like, just because he doesn't want to really die. And he's th- he doesn't think that it's his time. Have you watched that one before? I have, but that's been a while too. But uh, I remember liking it. Is it Lubitsch? Uh, it's not Lubitsch. It's who is, it? um, um, who is this guy? Uh, Alexander Hall. Um, uh, but it's you know it stars uh, Edward Everett Horton. I forget who the other guy uh, is. Um, that's why I associate him a lot with Lubitsch. Yeah, uh, it's a fun little movie. You know, it's nothing like amazing, but I think it was very charming. Um, and then. Last week, the other release that I wanted to just mention is the new Terrence Malick movie. Um, uh, where is it now? I'm drawing a blank on. Uh, Night of Cups was released on Blu-ray as well. It had already gotten a release in Germany several months ago before it even had a theatrical release here in the States, but uh, it's now available to pick up. Um, let's talk about what came out this week. Wait, one more quick. Oh, okay, go for it. Sorry, just really quickly. Um, I think one of my picks of the week last week was also uh, 99 River Street. Oh, yeah. Oh, those are the Kino releases. Yeah, they had a trio of noir releases. Um, 99 River Street's definitely the best. Um, Phil Carlson movie with John Payne. Um, but it's a great noir. It starts off sort of being one thing, and then it shifts, and it's great. Um, but they've got a an Eddie Muller commentary on it, you know, so that's just dynamite as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then they also put out Shield for Murder and another noir called uh, Hidden Fear, which I think is a Andre de Toth movie. But anyway, 99 River Street is the one. Go pick that up. 
as soon as possible if you like noir. That's it. Sorry. You don't have to apologize. This week, uh, was the big release. I mean, there's two big releases from Criterion, um, Clouds of Sils Maria, the Assayas film, which had uh, been released, I think, on home video uh, on DVD only through Paramount. But um, now Criterion has their own edition of it, as well as a new release of Dr. Strangelove. This one is pretty special in that, you know, this movie has been been released on Blu-ray before, so um, it's not like the new high-definition transfer looks that much better or, or much different. The other Blu-ray from Sony looked pretty good. Um, but what's special about this one, I think, is just like the packaging that you get with it. I don't know if you've seen any pictures of what comes inside, but there's a little envelope with some little swag, kind of similar to how they, they, they made the... Uh, Moonrise Kingdom release a little special by including some kind of ephemera in it. Uh, they did as well with this one where you get like a little book of it's like a tiny little book of Russian of like Russian phrases <laughs> and, um, you know, lots of other fun little trinkets. They made it look very nice. And so um, as well as included it in a digipack package. So if you're one of those fans out there, then should definitely pick it up i mean it's something worth re-owning just to have the criterion edition of i think the um let's see what else what are the big ones for this week so the two more uh editions in kino's animation line in their de patty freeling uh collection that they've been doing so far roland and ratfink and tijuana toads we had talked about the uh past three releases uh a month or two ago Stuff like the inspector and um, the, the, the aardvark and the aardvark, yeah. So, um, of these two, I think I enjoyed watching the Roland and Ratfink one a little bit more than the Tijuana Toads one. Yeah. Uh, but I think, and this is kind of these releases are similar in that, like they have um, uh, the same documentary. I think on both discs. The the new one, this De Patty Freeling's Odd Couples documentary, um, which is different than the one that were on the past three releases, but um, you do get different audio commentary tracks for some of the films on both different releases. So if you've been if you collected the last three, then you should definitely pick up these two. I mean, I think like some of the stuff in here like borders on being like kind of racist and kind of dumb. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe not borders. Maybe it is very racist. Yeah. Tijuana Toads, unfortunately is perhaps amusing to some in that it's, you know, got a very outdated sense of um, <laughs> culture and yes. race. Um, and, and that's fine. You know, like when I was a kid, I'm sure I wouldn't have picked characters like that or speedy Gonzalez apart as much as I would now. But, um, yeah, it's probably my least favorite of the five they've put out so far. Yeah. But, but Roland uh, Radfink yeah, was fun. Definitely. I think so too. Um I can't wait to see what comes next. I don't they haven't announced any other titles for this animation line, right? This is like the last that we know of. Yeah, which is distressing. I want to hear more cuz I'm I'm going to get I'm in for the long haul on this now. These are some interesting it's an interesting group. Yeah. So, uh I you know yeah, definitely Roland and Ratfink. I think if you were if you had to pick one, I would say get that one. But it's nice to be complete. I think for me. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, uh, let's see. Arrow released Return of the Killer Tomatoes. I was trying tonight to. Uh, I don't know if, if if this has been revealed in Facebook comments or anything, but do we know who has the rights to the first Killer Tomatoes movie? Uh, I think the filmmaker still does. I could oh, be wrong. Okay. I don't know, actually. Well, I was looking up, like, the last DVD release was from Rhino a long time ago, like, many, many years ago. And so I was trying to think, like, you know, has has Shout Factory been confirmed to have the rights to it? Because it seems like they, you know, got a lot of the stuff that Rhino had um, or that they had released. And I don't know if that's, like, if the rights have just reverted back to the the filmmaker and that he's not planning on releasing it, and it's strange that, um, you know, or maybe Scream Factory or Shop Factory, they're kind of like saving that one to be one of their big, you know, announcements, maybe at Comic Con or something like that. Yeah, for the for uh, Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the the filmmaker thing is just totally a speculation on my part. I honestly don't know. The uh, Arrow also released here in the states uh, the 
Ray Harryhausen documentary. What's what's it called? Ray Harryhausen special effects Titan. Did you get a chance to see this one? Um, I actually own the UK version, which is similar, which is identical to this one. So I bought this one yeah. a couple of years ago. I think I'd also watched. I think this this documentary was streaming on Netflix for a long time, um, a couple of years ago. So I had already seen it there. I, th- I think I had stumbled across it on Netflix one night, and then I ended up ordering it from Amazon UK whenever it was they had like one of their really good deals on Aero Discs, and I just picked it up there. And I'm pretty sure that that UK one was region free, but I can't remember for sure. But um, I love, you know, obviously Ray Harryhausen is a huge part of my life, my childhood, especially um, growing up watching all of his movies. And um, it's fun to watch a documentary like this and kind of geek out with all of the different people who show up in it. You know, Terry Gilliam, Guillermo del Toro. Peter Jackson, Phil Tippett, like James, you know, Steven Spielberg, like all these people come together and talk about uh, Harryhausen and it is uh, a lot of fun and there's a lot of good uh, supplements on here. There's extra interviews, different outtakes with different people, deleted scenes, Q&As and whatnot. Um, So I, if you're a fan of Ray Harryhausen, this is, you know, an essential uh, documentary to pick up. Uh, It could go easily go alongside, you know, your collections of his official movies, I think. So, um, let's see, what else do we have here? Ivan's childhood, uh, the, uh, this is the first of the artificial eye Tarkovsky films is now available on Blu-ray. Um, I was looking at some of the screenshots on DVD Beaver to comparing this to the Criterion Blu-ray and, uh, it looked, I think it was, he was saying that it was a little bit brighter than the Criterion Edition, so you you might be able to get a little bit more image out of it. Um, you know, reading his review, almost even though I already own this Blu-ray from Criterion, I think I might end up just buying all of these Tarkovsky Blu-rays from Artificial Eye anyway, uh, even the ones that I already own, like even Solaris as well. So, I I'm definitely considering picking this one up. The uh, t- uh, second run released the. Uh, early works of Joshua Oppenheimer. This is like tw- a collection of 12 short films. Uh, this is available on DVD and I pre-ordered this one as well, but I don't, it hasn't arrived yet. It's, I think it I just shipped this week. And so I probably won't see it for a week or two. Um, but it's pretty cheap. It's like, you know, nine ninety nine pounds. And so it's definitely affordable, uh, especially right now. And um, you get 174 minutes worth of uh, Joshua Oppenheimer. Obvi- Joshua Oppenheimer, you know, famous for the act of killing and the look of silence. And now you can pick up all of these short films that he's that he did back in um, the kind of like mid to late 90s and early 2000s. Um, so it looks it looks awesome. Let's see what else do we have here. What are what are some of the big ones for you this week that uh, we haven't talked about already? Um. In a, you know, very sympathetic pairing to last week's roller coaster release, um, Shout Factory put out Two Minute Warning, which is another 70s disaster movie. This one's sort of based around a sniper that's loose at a championship football game, um, which is, you know, kind of frightening and timely. Um, Charlton Heston's I, in it. Yeah, Heston and, and, and John Cassavetes. Um it's it's maybe not the movie that people feel like watching right now, but I do feel like it. There is a as over the top as it is, there is still it's still relevant. I think right now um, more so than it has been recently. So anyway, that's an interesting movie. Um, and then Scorpion put out um, Stanley Donnan's movie. It's called Movie Movie, and some people I I was watching it last night, and some people on Twitter rightly pointed out that it's basically like the the predecessor to Grindhouse um, in that it's an actual double feature you know um, there's a box Grindhouse like the Quentin Tarantino movie that one yes I should have been very specific yeah (laughs) the the fact that they do two movies in that this is just the same kind of thing um, except it's you know older 30s Hollywood basically so you've got a black and white boxing movie with Harry Hamlin and George C. Scott plays dual roles in both movies, and there's actually a couple actors that cross over red buttons and some other people. But so there's a boxing movie, and then there's something called um, 
that's called Dynamite Hands. And then the second movie is called Baxter's Beauties of 1933, which from the title you can tell is going to be copying something from Busby Berkeley. So it's a very like 42nd Street-ish, you know, gold diggers kind of take on musicals. But um, it's neat to see, you know, Stanley Donnan, even late in his career, do another musical because um, he obviously did some of the best musicals in you know American cinema between Singing in the Rain, On the Town, and some of the other stuff he worked on. So it's a really neat movie and it's an interesting one for Scorpion to get because it wasn't, I don't know if it was a major studio release, um, so it's kind of dr- slipped into obscurity. But that's definitely one of my favorites from this week for sure. Um, you know, one movie that I, uh, forgot to mention and this being one of my favorites was Kung Fu Panda 3. I think I mentioned this when the movie was, uh, out theatrically, but it's now available on Blu-ray and I can't wait to watch it again. I thought yeah, it I, was, I, I, I just real quick. I thought it was, um, you know, you know, the, the first movie is great just because it feels like a classic. And then the second one is a lot of fun, you know, maybe not as good as the first one, but still like, I think they, um, I think all three are great movies, uh, especially for kids. And especially if you love the characters, like they're all just a lot of fun, um, beautiful animation, uh, great music, um, you know, really not, like nice characters, a fun, like a, like a very sweet story, especially for, um, maybe we did talk about this a little bit more just because of like the whole, like, um, you know, like, uh, maybe not like, you know, what am I trying to say here? Like the, um, uh, adopted kid kind of, um, angle with, you know, him having two fathers in this movie. Um, but I, uh, loved it a lot. You know, I, th- I think when we were watching it at the time, I mentioned it on the show, but we, we've gone through almost all of the TV show, the, um, legends of awesomeness that the that that dreamworks did um and that show is great and this movie felt like kind of an extension of that show like you know kind of like a long episode in a way but also you know definitely felt like a movie so i'm i'm very happy with this one yeah it's definitely a nice you know third part to this trilogy and you know one of the best kids franchises in the past decade really not to say there's been great pickings but it's pretty solid i hope they do more i hope that this isn't the like the end of the line for them i mean it, you know it it feels kind of like a trilogy in a way because you know here we're um we learn more about his parents in the second one and now we're finally kind of resolving what was set up in that second one and uh i hope that they continue on and do something else absolutely um There were a couple other ones. The Criterion UK release of the week is uh, Gilda. The Charles Vidor film is available now in the UK. And then um, what was the other one? There was this Blue Underground double feature with um, what were those two films? I was just looking at this. Uh, Circus of Fear and Five Golden Dragons uh, with with Christopher Lee and Klaus Kinski. This is uh, now available on Blu-ray. Uh, is there anything else that you had on your list for this week? No, I think we covered everything I was thinking about. Cool. Um, well, uh, next week we have some very exciting stuff to talk about the first week of July. You know, uh, the Studio Ghibli film Only Yesterday is finally coming to Blu-ray. Uh, the Oxbow incident is coming from Arrow. Uh, the Criterion, is there a Criterion? Oh yeah, the In-Laws from Criterion next week. Nice. Uh, and then the taking of Pelham one, two, three, the Kino release is coming out next week. Um, do you have that one yet? I do. I was going to say, I actually started checking out, uh, the special features and the disc itself this weekend. And, um, it's great. I yeah. mean, the commentary with Pat Healy and his brother, Jim, who I've met both those guys and they're great is really solid. And then they've got a whole bunch more extras. I don't know. It's, it's definitely in the running for, one of my favorite releases of the year, partially because I love the movie so much. Mm-hmm. So that's an exciting one. Yeah, I can't wait. And then uh, Blood and Black Lace is coming out in uh, the U.S. from Arrow, finally. This is the one that was delayed um, from that initial lineup of Arrow USA stuff, and now it's finally coming here. 
so yeah exciting week next week and then um we have a lot more stuff to talk about in the weeks to come from arrow in july uh and then we'll probably have another week off uh in a few weeks when comic-con rolls around just because i'll be down in san diego for the week and i probably won't have time to record um but uh, thanks everyone for your patience in uh waiting a week to get a new episode of the show all right everyone see you next week 